You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Four check marks. Let's get that last one going before we officially are talking about football. Blah 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 blah. All right, there we go, guys. Blah 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 around here. (laughs) Oh man, that's the state of being. Welcome in, guys. Tuesday morning, six thirty a.m., seven thirty Mountain Time, nine thirty where Scott is on the East Coast, and it is time for Broncos for breakfast. I am your co-host, uh, Nick Kendall, along with uh, my friend and co-host, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how are you doing? Welcome back. Happy Tuesday. Yeah, it's good to be here. Uh, it's nice having some some football under our belts. Um, as I talked about the uh, the nice, cool July we uh, had in the South, August has answered with flurry. So it was, it was 98 last week, so oh. it, it got warm. Summer has arrived. I am. Uh, I'm doing well myself. Got back from that backpacking trip. It was a little uh, overcast, but the mountain was out, so can't complain too much. Saw a good, but good bit of wildlife, and uh, we did two days, one night instead of three days, two night. So I'm like, hey, my buddy's in from Denver, and I'm like, hey, want to go do a day hike today? So we drove four hours to the coast, did a ten mile ocean hike, and uh, came upon a bear like way too close. It just scared the heck out of us. Um, and it, but black, it was really cool. Black, black bear, I'm assuming. Black bear, yeah. I was black just bear. digging through finding crabs. So I don't. There's not grizzlies uh, west side of the uh, Cascades. So black bears are more like big raccoons. Yeah. Just, just don't <laughs> yeah. do anything stupid, and they're not going to mess with you. I mean, you mess with a raccoon, he'll tear you up too. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely true. That's what they say about me. No. Um, but yeah, welcome in everybody. It's uh, Broncos for breakfast. Uh, you guys can find Scott and us both on Twitter. Scott at Scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. While you're there, make sure you follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. Guys, if you're joining us today on Facebook, please uh, click those thumbs up. We don't have any reactions yet for those Facebook watchers. So what's going on? It's, that's hurtful. I know we have Facebook eyeballs in here, so click the thumbs up, click the heart react for everybody joining us on Facebook today. Uh, go to facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle uh become a supporter and there you go you guys answered we got the wow from tim Durr. there you go tim all to action yeah exactly benton's in the house deandre witherspoon albert knoppers uh thank you guys very much for the thumbs up the lax and um from tim Durr, the the wow react uh rigo sayalis also coming in with the like uh, if you guys are joining us on youtube today i know that a majority of our watchers join us on youtube not everybody we got twitch we got periscope we got facebook but Join us on YouTube today. Please subscribe, like, and share. Find our channel, milehighhuddle.com, where you're watching it right now. And uh, hit that subscribe button. Uh, That way you guys can know when we go live. Uh, You can join us. We have shows every week, every single day. Uh, And we have our morning shows now, too, with Broncos for Breakfast. So the season's coming up. You guys are going to want to make sure that you get your Broncos content. um, And do that by joining us and subscribing, liking, and sharing our channel. While you guys are doing that, if you like, football the broncos but you want even more football broncos for breakfast doesn't uh fill your appetite enough you guys can go and follow scott's channel also i've been posting it in the comments right now and uh, you guys can go to youtube.com forward slash c forward slash scott kennedy um i'll put it up here as well youtube.com c slash kennedy you guys click that and uh scott what's uh what's new on there i always like to let you 
You know, I was, I was thinking about doing uh, a Falcons for lunch today at noon mm. Eastern. So take a small break after this one and then talk some rookies. Again, if I'm involved, we're talking draft. We're talking rookies. We're talking player personnel. Uh, that's what stirs, you know, the straw that stirs my drink, not necessarily any specific team, which is why I like talking about other teams and, yeah. and multiple teams, um, you know, having cut my teeth in this industry with NFL draft and college football recruiting, I was always involved with multiple teams. So that's uh, if you're in there and a Broncos fan, and even if it's a Falcons chat, we'll find something to talk about. I promise you. Yeah, absolutely. How about uh, flipping Falcons? You can have like an image of a Falcon on a grill, you know, like perfect <laughs> out there also. Yeah. Flip. It's uh, we, we, that the one I'm used to here is the, the Falcon upside down, holding a, holding a drink that's passed uh. out and, and drunk. That's, that's the one we usually have around in, in Atlanta with, uh, with our Falcons here. <laughs> is Kanye West still hanging out in the Falcon stadium? Have you seen that I stuff? Think so. I think he's supposed to move out on Friday. Um, oh my he may God. Not. um the Falcons have a scrimmage on, uh, on Saturday at the, at, at the Benz. But okay. Kanye West has been living in there since he did his, his, uh, show release so to speak, his live party <laughs> with 40,000 people, you know, and just liked it so much. He stayed. I'm like, Oh, that's kind of cool. And, and I've said forever. I mean, this is such a Mecca for, um, music and entertainment i'm like why can't we just turn this into showtime south you know yeah. like somebody get tyler perry floor seats yeah. with the atlanta hawks and turn him into jack nicholson of the new generation for god's sakes yeah that's actually not a bad idea somebody some, somebody talk to you scott get, get it happening <laughs> um we got mo ron in the house saying dang gonna miss today's show thought it was 7 30 7 30 mountain time mo i think you're in uh, arizona so um we got dave glassman was also was in the house saying working so likely won't be in the chat that's okay. Uh, I'll be listening though. Thanks for brightening my Tuesday and Thursday mornings. Well, Dave, that means a lot. Um, we got Willie in back. I guess he's back, fellas. Of course. Good to see you, Willie. James Holloway. Morning, fellas. Real football starts today. I'm calling a K Jack and Judy scrum today. Ooh, Jerry Judy fighting. I haven't. I don't know if he's done much of that, uh, but that would be uh, that'd be interesting. The pads are on, so that's great. We're gonna get today matters as much as any football we've had all year. So that's fantastic. I guess since the Super Bowl. EJ's in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Um, James Holloway saying, oh, another fight here. Maybe Cushionberry and Alexander Johnson. See, I think that's, you got some odds there. In the shop, give me a hard time. Nick, you're late. We, we were one minute late. It's okay. U.S. Dave's in the house. Morning. Tim Durr's in the house. Morning. Thank you very much for the wow. It's 9.31 my time. I'm getting antsy. Hit, hit live, man. Hit live. Oh man, I am. I'm running on so little sleep, and uh, we've. I've walked probably, I think, 35 miles in the last three days. So uh, my body, I just, I just downed uh, energy drink that I had in my fridge because I woke up at. Recover uh, a lot faster than this old dude, though. That, that that's took me true. down for three days. I'm, I'm just like sleepy tired. My legs are good, but I have like bruises on my collarbones um, from the bag because I was carrying so much because the wife didn't carry as much, but that's okay. Um, but we got uh, Caden in the house saying, who do you guys want to win this QB battle? I want Drew. Um, let's get into Caden's here real quick. Um, who do you want to win this, Scott? You're you're a, a uh, non-biased observer, which I, I really appreciate. I think we need more people like that in this space. Um, do you have rooting interest when it comes to this quarterback Best battle? Man. Plain and simple. Best man. You know, may the best may the best man win. I don't have any personal attachment to either one of these players. Um, I think it's probably better. This isn't a bold statement here. I think it's better for the for the Broncos if Drew Locke wins it, and not by default, not because Teddy goes out and throws a bunch of interceptions like he did on Saturday. Yeah. But because he wins it, because Drew Locke takes the reins and wins the job and makes it his own and earns another contract and becomes a quarterback of the future for the Denver Broncos. That's what's best for the Broncos. But as far as watching this season, 
you know, I'm may the best man win. Yeah, I'm I am pulling for Drew, um, just because it's better for the Broncos. I believe if Drew is the better quarterback, mm-hmm. and I want this team to be as good as possible. Um, but uh, that's what I'm going for, Scott. I never noticed you had a little dude behind you before. I just, I just added that's uh, it's actually a phone holder, a phone holder penguin. I'm like, I need the back of my uh, my my desk back here. I need some character back here. My 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 Diamondbacks hat wasn't really showing up as well. I'm like, you know no. what? I'm gonna I'm gonna add the the phone holding penguin today and see who see who notices. I it, honestly, I'm just I was like, what the absolute heck is that? Ooh, Did he take that to a character to no, a generic, sure. you know, green background there? So it was I might, more like change that up. My, my my daughter's got about seven or eight hundred beanie boos, so I might change it out every so often. So. <laughs> okay, well, that's thank thank God you. If you'd have told me that I'd been there the whole time, I probably would have had a little bit of a crisis because I'm like, I know I'm tired, but now I'm actually seeing things. What are you so, talking about? There's nothing there. <laughs> oh my God, it looks like nothing to me. Hi, Nick. God, uh, James is in the house. Wish I could make a practice. Going to be some hitting going on today, which will be great. Uh, we're actually going to get an idea about the offensive line, uh, trench play, running backs more than we have all all, all week. So or all month so uh thanks to the comment james tim saying morning yep uh caden in the house oh we already got that one brent in the house good morning broncos country been a while since i've been able to join it has been a while brent hope you're doing well almost time purple drank good morning to you deandre witherspoon albert knopper is good to see you albert doing an awesome pose there looks like he's in front of a uh bronco stadium there for super thank you so much uh anthony bomer coming in with the or bomber coming in with the five dollar super and uh just stopping by to say hello we really appreciate that over on youtube anthony it says good morning broncos country go broncos uh good morning to you anthony thank you so much for supporting us if you guys want to be like anthony you guys can super chat star super sticker uh any of that works and uh, it's very helpful over on twitch good morning nick and scott joey richards is in the house joey good to see you um let's go and dba's in the house trevor sandal uh, Jeremy's in the house, Dave Glassman also, Michael Ronquillo, and we got Roberts in the house with the super morning guys. Let's all have an awesome week. Oh, Joe Harrington, Greg Smith, Aloha, <laughs> taking taking your wind out, CC and Kayleon. Okay, I think we got to to our hellos, hellos, goodbyes. We're talking a little bit of stock reports today. Um, shout out to Eric Trickle because he wrote these articles and uh, he's you know. Congrats to Eric, too. He actually just quit his uh, security job. He's going to be writing and co- creating content for Mile High Huddle full-time. So uh, God bless him. He works as hard as anybody I know. Um, so uh, let's get into it first. Let's do the rookies first. Does that sound good to you, Scott? Yeah, sounds good. Okay, so rookie reports so far. He We have a five up, five down in practice, and he does it um, based, on the, uh, based on the draft order. And stock up. He has Patrick Sertan. So uh, what have you heard? What have you seen about Patrick Sertan so far? And then I will uh, read the comments here. You know, basically just what we've expected, you know, that he's he's going to be. It, we, we came in saying what position he's going to play. Don't know. He, he's so versatile. You can put him. He's going to play where he's needed um, and then let him freelance a little bit, you know, and Eric Berry style, uh, mm-hmm. one of those type. You know, Eric Berry mm-hmm. was a phenomenal corner, safety. Uh, that it could do a lot of things, just playmaker. Um, and with his with his smarts, his his size, his ability and coverage, you can do a lot of things with him. And I think you're gonna see him be kind of a wild card out there. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, Eric writes 
to put it simply, Sertan has mostly looked like a veteran out there. It hasn't been all perfect, which should be expected, but he is showing why Denver used the ninth overall pick on him. And uh, yeah, he's been killing it so far. Uh, so that is fantastic to see. And, uh, you know, like even if Justin Fields has been killing it, we should be happy about Patrick Sertan. This team needed a secondary, another building block piece back there, especially in today's NFL, where you need multiple guys in the secondary to to hang in this AFC West. So uh, Sertan being as good as he has been so far, uh, as DBA says, a beast. Um, that has been fantastic to see. And I, I know you got to be happy because like you like to bring up our very first show. It's like, oh, what do the Broncos need? Well, this was prior to free agency, but uh, cornerback. Yeah, it was. And uh, Patrick Sertan's the guy. Lo and behold, yeah. even though they attacked it in free agency, Patrick Sertan Patrick is still the guy. Yeah, when uh, when um, Chad invited me on, he's like, let's let's talk some draft. I'm like, well, what are the team needs? And he listed corner twice. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, Patrick Sertan's the guy then. I think he's easily the best overall corner in this draft. And, you know, sometimes not all drafts are created equally. You know, you can have the best corner still not all that good. He's really good. So if you can take a really good corner in that spot, it j- just made sense. It made sense. You know, quarterback not with, withstanding here, Sertan made sense. And it's it's nice. Sometimes sometimes I feel like personnel guys and coaches try and show everybody how smart they are by doing stuff off the wall. I think mm-hmm. it's actually kind of refreshing when they do the obvious. You know, sometimes the obvious is okay. You're, you're allowed to fix, you know, to do something that makes sense. Yeah. Nope, absolutely. So Patrick Sertan, stock up. Next up, a guy that uh, we both liked a lot coming into the draft, even though he's a running back, Javonta Williams. And uh, Eric wrote, rookie running back is showing tremendous ability as a ball carrier and as a receiver. There isn't issue when it comes to evaluating running backs without pads on, so giddy up today, guys. Uh, Because the run game requires physicality, then you can bring in those non-padded practices. Williams has garnered some good praise from teammates and a head coach already. Uh, It really isn't surprising that the second rounder is impressing, but he is a more physical runner. When the pads come on, that's when the true evaluation Williams will come. Everything coming out of practice makes it clear that he's running back two behind Melvin Gordon for now, and part of that is because a veteran has seemingly upped his game. So uh, stock up for Javonta Williams while also being the clear-cut running back two. I'd say that's a good thing. Um, You have Melvin Gordon for one more year. Um, He is still a talent. He was really good last year down the stretch. I don't think enough people give him enough credit for how good he was in those last uh, six, seven games. Small sample size, going up against bad defenses, season lost, yes, but he was playing better. So uh, but I, what do you think? I guess so, our, uh, I'm going to blend this one into the next pick as well, because it was yeah. the same conversation that we had about Quinn Miners. Mm-hmm. Whether or not Quinn Miners ends up being the guy, he's going to make Cushenberry better. So the the center, the interior line position just got better because Quinn Miners is on the roster. Mm-hmm. Whether or not he ends up being that guy or not, he's going to push the guys in front of him. Javante Williams is going to push a guy in a contract year to be his absolute best. And that's the kind of thing I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll say it just once and then I won't harp on it for the show, but the, the futures rankings from ESPN giving the the Broncos front office uh, bottom third grade was ridiculous Mm. um, because every time we look at this roster, we see competition for talented spots and a a lot of money to work with, you know, and, and good picks other than the quarterback position, which is a question mark. But, you know, that's a different conversation. So um, Javonta Williams coming in is a very talented running back, pushing a guy in the final year of his contract. Melvin Gordon is upping his game, and Javonta Williams, if he ends up being a reserve, fine. Fine. If, yeah. if Melvin Gordon is, is a superstar, that's all you're at. That's what you want, right? 
hundred percent. Yep. All the way. Uh, especially cause you have four years of control for Javante Williams. He was split carries at North Carolina as well. Maybe he's not ready to be the full-time guy. That's okay. He's a four year investment. So, uh, if you can beat the brakes off of Melvin Gordon this year and then let him walk, I know that sounds a little bit cruel, but, uh, that's kind of the, the way the football football goes also with the running back position, especially not a bad thing. Uh, Peter Middleton in the house over in Cambodia. He says, how's everything going? Nick and Scott. I'm doing well. My legs are a little sore. My feet are a little sore, a little tired, but uh, we're here. And uh, I just downed a monster coffee that I didn't even know I had in my fridge. So God bless. I'm doing, I'm doing pretty well. Um, And he also says nice stars. Well, thanks Peter for the stars. It's great um, to see. Let's keep going on this uh, stock up, stock down. Uh, Quinn Miners, yeah, he talks about um, many thought that it would be a battle between uh, Miners and Cushionberry. Fangio put an end to that on day one. A lot of potential with Miners, and he's doing well, but it's clear he's behind the learning curve, which is obvious coming from a Division three school. Offensive line is probably the hardest position group to evaluate without pads, though. Everything favors the defense. And that's the key. Yeah. I mean... I've been to a, I went to a couple of Falcons practices over the weekend, and you can't even see the, the defensive line and offensive line. And frankly, there's no point in watching them until yeah. they have pads on. You can get an idea of footwork and agility and, and fluidity, but at this level, they should have that anyway. You know, they're we're, we're talking about NFL linemen. So you, until they lock up and start moving people around, you're not going to know. Now, mm-hmm. is he behind the curve, learning curve? I'm not sure which play we're on. I'm going the wrong way. I'm I'm jumping off sides, all of those kind of stuff. Yeah, that's okay. So um, I wouldn't expect Quinn Miners to be the guy right away for at all. Um, But if he's making Cushionberry better, then he's helping the team right now, and he'll learn. I mean, he is a rookie coming from Division Three, but what Miners can do is move people. That's what Mm -hmm. he absolutely can do. So when they start going one on ones, when they start going blocking drills, when they start going running game, three on twos or two on ones, anything like that. You're going to see Quinn Miner shine because he is a people mover. Do you think that puts him at an advantage at guard early on versus center? Uh, I, I We've talked about that a lot that I think, you know, he he can play guard for sure. And in a pinch, he could play a tackle position. Um, yeah. He's, uh, he's very mobile despite the fact that he's, you know, looks, you know, the, 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 the belly, the big beer gut, the, the, the Quinn Miner's belly. I forgot what yeah. they're calling it up there. Um, he's, belly of the beast. He's mobile. He's, he's mobile. So, you know, he played all three positions at senior bowl. Now you don't want him at tackle, but he could absolutely be a guard for sure. Mm-hmm. And Trevor coming in here with uh, talking about Sertan saying he's looking good. Uh, looks like he's going to be covering tight ends over the middle, which hello, all you people ask screaming for linebackers. Um, your answer was the 20 or the 21st century version, a big cornerback. Um, he read you and picked him off, which is what you want to see out of a corner. And uh, it's pretty fun. I mean, a lot of Broncos fans and you included, you know, uh, talking about the praise of Micah Parsons, who looks like to me in Dallas, they're actually playing a more at edge early on than uh, outside linebacker or off the ball linebacker. What, what do we talk about that? You know, when we were comparing some of the edge guys, you know, why did he slip? I'm like, this guy's smaller than Micah Parsons. You know, yeah. I think it was uh, the, the Georgia defensive end who had some knee concerns. Uh, Aziz Ojolari. Um, he was, you know, he, he, he was smaller than Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons is running four threes. Um, you know, I, I think again, if I'm playing Madden, you know, I don't have to worry about the person or any of the character stuff. And I'm just playing a video game. Micah Parsons is a freak of friggin' nature. I mean, he's, yeah. he, he was, I mentioned him being, um, you know, he, he played himself in the top five territory. I, I think one of the themes of the draft was if you're picking in the top 10, you're going to either get your quarterback of the future or you're going to get an exciting player. 
and uh, Micah Parsons is that guy. So is Patrick Sertan. So is Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, uh, Jamar Chase. So there was uh, you either got your quarterback or a player that's going to be really, really fun to watch this year. This was a good draft. Yeah. Nope. Absolutely. Hundred um, percent agree with you there. Um, now talking a little bit about the running back position. Melvin earned his paycheck. Yeah, I said it. Uh, I think he earned his paycheck. The issue for me is that uh, the Broncos, they didn't really know their window. They weren't a running back away from competing and using all that money on a running back. That's that's my biggest complaint. I know it's a little bit nuanced. Um, and if you want to make the argument that the Broncos needed, uh, the Broncos absolutely needed, um, God bless. <laughs> if the Broncos actually needed that running back position to make sure that Drew Locke developed. That's about the only argument I could hear. Um, well, here's, here's my argument on it. What didn't they get because they paid him? Hmm. They had yeah. the money, right? Yeah. So did they, did they lose, did they lose out? It's not like they're right up against a cap. Did they lose something? Sorry, we couldn't pay this guy and we lost him because we paid this guy instead. Did that happen? Then don't worry about it. Yeah, I guess they could have put more money in the offensive line, that right tackle position, just something more uh, steady and staunch there. there. That's still a choice. Yeah, yeah, right. that's true. Yeah. So it's not that it's like, sorry, you know, we would have been able to pay that guy, but we ran out of cap space. No, there's still a ton of money there. So it's been a choice that we don't want to pay this right tackle. We don't think that that's the right fit. It has nothing to do with Melvin Gordon. Very true. Uh, Steven coming in here, rocking the... Uh, I love that color combination with the old school Broncos uniforms, those bright AFC West colors back in the day it says, uh, Hey guys, Drew is my quarterback. Well, sounds like so far uh, it's leaning his way. So that would, uh, you might end up happy there. Uh, let's keep going on the rookies here. Um, Brown and uh, Baron Browning static. Uh, he hasn't played because he's been on pup. So uh, we'll find out. It might be a redshirt year for Baron Browning, um, which is fine because he's a third round pick. That's pretty much what you expect for most third, third round picks. Anyway, uh, McTelvin Najim, late third round pick last year, earlier than uh, Baron Browning. Got a redshirt year last year. Some snaps, looked whatever. He's actually looking pretty good in camp. I think we're going to talk about him a little bit later. Um, the one I think has been pretty interesting here, though, Caden Stearns. Um, Eric writes, Stearns has probably been the second most impressive rookie for the Broncos, and it may not be that close. With his fellow rookie safety, Jamar Johnson, out, Stearns has seemed to really take hold of the number three safety spot, and Lexertan isn't looking like a rookie out there. There's been a lot of praise for Stearns already after the five, first five days of practice. It isn't just on the field that Stearns is drawing praise, but also in the film room. Kareem Jackson spoke up with how Stearns is picking up things quickly in the film room and then carrying it over to the field and not making the same mistakes. That is high praise for young safety that hopes to continue a tradition of Fangio, uh, who has handpicked very uh, a lot of uh, mid to late round safeties during his coaching career and coached them on to success. So, uh, Caden Stearns, I know that a lot of people in Broncos country were way more excited about the Jamar Johnson pick, but Stearns was a, I think, a five-star recruit, went to Texas. Um, probably there was a quote from Dane Brugler saying that uh, how Stearns still had uh, newspaper clippings about how great he was from his freshman year that he would still read and bring out and like show to people. So he like maybe a little bit too high on himself, but the talent was always there. Maybe he just needed to mature a little bit. Well, it, it, Texas has kind of been the place lately, the past 10 years or so, where five stars have gone to die. So, you know, maybe he needed to remind people, hey, just because I went to Texas doesn't mean I uh, I was overrated and, and, and stunk it up, though. You know, if you were five stars and ended up in the fifth round, you under it, you, you, the evaluation was either off or something happened. So maybe it's a bit, it's, it's strange to say that about a Longhorn, but maybe it's a little bit of, you know, little man syndrome. Hey, don't overlook us. I know we haven't been very good lately, but, uh, you know, we can play too. So if you get him in the in the fifth, 
plays it plays himself into a, a third spot as a safety. That's a pretty good pick. No, really for a fifth round pick too. That's another reason that unless you have an absolute game changer um, at the position, someone like a um, Kyle Hamilton it's a position, I'm not looking to use until like third round onwards. I mean, Justin Simmons, there's an example for you. I think he was a compensatory pick. Even one of the best safeties in football didn't have to use a first round pick on him. And that's oh, the, true the for Falcon, a lot of you know, The Falcons had to have a safety, had to. And yeah. they waited until the 40th pick to get one. So, yep. you know, to your point, and that was seen as a bit high, actually. Yep. Um, but they they had to have a safety, and they waited to 40 to take one. It's a devalued position, probably in comparison to how much value it actually has. So I think there's a market deficiency at safeties and uh, slot cornerbacks. Well, and, and the other point of that is safety is so much about – experience and anticipation is you can see guys move back into safety you know it's um where if they slow down a little bit it's your instant impact as a safety more maybe going forward you know Mm -hmm. making those highlight plays tackle behind them but but the anticipation and the stuff that you don't always see to shut down a pass that never happens you know that's more important and you, you see that from veterans you see that from guys that have been in the league a while yep Absolutely. Um, thank you, US Dave, for the uh, the stars here. It's your wife's monster. She's gonna kill you. Well, probably. Um, but uh, I'm already dead inside, so that's I beat her to it. Um, so uh, the next one that I want to talk about here is uh, Jamar Johnson. Um, he's another not applicable because he's on the reserve list. One that kind of brings tear to my eye: Seth Williams, wide receiver, sixth round. Um, there hasn't been much said about the rookie receiver, but Denver is really deep there, and the team has Trinity Benson and Kendall Hinton really showing up right now. Those two stepping up is not great news for Williams as he tries to make the Broncos roster. There have been some good catches from Williams in practice with one being a touchdown on a slant route. That is being said about him. What is being said about him is clear. He is using his size to win plays. With his play style, it will be interesting to see how much he improves when the pads come on. So that's a great point. Uh, pads coming on today. Seth Williams, a physical receiver. You expecting more from him now? Yeah, um, maybe. You know, maybe. Uh, we, we talked about him. It's like he's got the physical ability. You know, yeah. you know, flat out, he's a he's an, a big time, big play making receiver, a clutch guy, but he never quite hit it. Was it Auburn's fault? Was it on Seth? Not sure. Um, you know, he, he put up some good numbers, but, you know, I am expecting bigger things from him as he moves forward. But again, it's it's four days in, you know, is it going to happen right away? You know, maybe not where, where he can start. He's, he's going to have to show himself in special teams with a player of his size and ability. He can he can do that because he can start he can start knocking some heads around. Uh, you know if he's coach put me in a gunner. You know let me let me go get after somebody on on the on the wing and, and go get a punt returner. So, um, but as they do running games and when he starts blocking people and and getting downfield and blocking people, he'll stand out a little bit more. But he's going to be working with a third team and he's got to he's got to earn his way off of that. It's not easy. It's definitely not easy. Nope, absolutely correct. Um, another stock down, unfortunately. Uh, Kerry Vincent Jr., um, he's been on the reserve list, and he did come in for a single practice but seemed to get banged up and left. So uh, maybe Kerry Vincent Jr. is on that practice squad route right now. That'd be fine. Um, Jonathan Cooper, another one. Uh, there hasn't been much said about Cooper. Uh, Draymond Jones said, though, that he will give 100% uh, effort, no drop-off, and it's exactly what uh, was seen in Cooper's tape. He's an effort player that never shuts off or slows down his motor. And the last one, Marquise Spencer, probably the most unheralded pick of this Broncos draft class. Um, i be honest, I did not put him under the microscope until after he was drafted because can't get to everybody. Um, but uh, he was a four-star recruit, I believe. Um, and Eric wrote, Fangio spoke to how well Spencer is doing in camp so far. 
While the rookie has mostly be wor- mostly been working with the third unit, he has made plays in camp. The bigger news is how he is taking to coaching and really putting in the work, both of which were concerns coming out of Mississippi State in the past. So uh, mostly static news, I guess, for that back end there. Um, those picks, those are guys I'm going to be excited to watch during preseason, but I'll say it 100 times on here. Anything after, honestly, anything after the top 50 picks, if you can get anything out of those guys the rookie year, that's gravy. I, other than that, you know, they're just, they're seedlings. I'm going to yeah. let them grow. And Jonathan Cooper is one of those that's a little undersized also. So he was another yeah. one I was thinking of talking about, you know, him and Baron Browning aren't much different in size. You know, 6'3", 250, 258 maybe. Um, he's not huge, especially if you need him to lock down a 3-4. So he's got to be able to play that outside linebacker or be a specialist. And is he active enough to be, you know, mobile enough to be an outside linebacker? You know, probably not. Um, but can he do a job as a specialist coming in as a rush? We'll see. But again, you know, why was I so high on Micah Parsons? Because he's that size, you know, running sub four fours with shuttle and L cones. It was was insane. Um, so Marquis Spencer, uh, mm-hmm. if you watch a junior college game in Mississippi, Mississippi's got a really good junior college program, Mississippi, Kansas, yeah. and then there's some good ones scattered throughout California. There's one uh, in Iowa. If you go there? watch a junior college game in Mississippi, you'll see loads of big mobile active defensive linemen. You feel like you're watching a D one game. A lot of those guys can't get out of the junior college system. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think what's the, what's the show I think has done a good job of highlighting how difficult that path can be Uh last man or last chance you or something last chance like that. You. Last chance you of yeah. how hard it can be. Cause everybody that's it, that has a red flag on them for some reason, uh, grades, injury, undersized, whatever, and getting out of there can be tough. So coming from that, and, you know, he spoke about being raw and all that type of stuff coming out of Mississippi. You know, he's not one of these coached up Metro Atlanta kids whose parents are dropping him off in the Escalade, um, you know, who's had a personal trainer since they were 10 or 11 years old. You know, he's, he's got a chance, but 6'4", 310 pounds. He'll be fun to watch. He'll be, he'll be an interesting one to watch this, uh, this summer. And I'm just looking for the raw tools, right? Like the burst, the strength, the, I'm guessing the technique, the pad level is going to have some issues early on. That's okay. Um, we're just looking, he's a ball of clay. And if he could develop into somebody that I'm, I'm really excited about Draymond Jones this year, but somebody that where you're like, okay, we love Draymond Jones. Do you want to pay him that massive contract with seventh round rookie salary, Marquis Spencer waiting in the wings? Um, that's two years from now, obviously. So things could change a lot, but um, that's what you want to have happen with those, uh, those back end players. It's not that Draymond Jones. I'm, I've been pounding Draymond Jones's drum since we drafted him, but it's just to have you give yourself leverage options so you can go a multitude of directions. So that's I, the ideal scenario. Peter coming in here talking about our safety conversation just a bit ago. If tight ends are such a big threat in our division, uh, why are safeties still undervalued? It's uh, it's the market, man. It's just they they don't get paid really. I mean, John Johnson the third got paid practically peanuts um, for the Browns this year, even though he's one of the best uh, safeties in football right now. They just, a lot of those guys, unless they were first round picks, um, don't get paid. Uh, we're going to see Jamal Adams, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, Derwin James get massive contracts uh, coming up here. But uh, for the most part, I would say that the, it's a, uh, there's deficiency in that market for paying safeties. Well, and the, the market for anybody in any walk of life is how easily are you replaced? Okay. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, if you're, if you've got a guy that can do a job out there, you know, it's like a utility baseball player or, you know, again, ask yourself, how easily is this person replaced? If it's really hard, they're going to make a lot more money. If they're out there just 
holding a spot where, okay, if this comes into your area, you got to do a job, then they're, they're going to be underpaid. So the, the, the thought process is basically we can interchange guys at safety. Um, a, somebody that's smart back there that can make a tackle and, and read a ball. That's not that hard to find. Kind of like, you know, guard. Guards are going to be underpaid compared to tackles because six, three guys that are 310 pounds that can move a guy in front of you. They're not that hard. They're not nearly as hard to find yeah. as a guy who's six, six or six, seven to do it. Um, so that's, that's why, um, in tight ends, I think tight ends are becoming more valued because as the offense, as the, the game has moved more and more towards offense, the defensive ends are going to play tight end. It never used to be like that. No. Scouting players across the country. I used to say, how come no tight ends ever come out of the South where one third of all division one prospects come? How come none come from the South? It says, cause if you're big and you're fast in the South, they put your hand in the dirt and they put you down a defensive end right away. They don't let you play tight end. Tight end is where the guys who can't play defense play. That's changing. That, that's changing because the rules are changed. Who wants to play defense these days when you're not allowed to hit the quarterback? You're not allowed to cover anybody. You're not allowed to make a tackle in the open field if you put your head down. Um, you're going to get held all the time on defense. So they're playing offense. They're saying to hell with this. So we're seeing an evolution of the position based on the rule changes. Uh, well, to all my listeners out there that have kids playing wide receiver, if they can stick at corner, get them there because they have a better chance to make money or uh, get a scholarship um, playing that cornerback position. Um, Mac 85 city in the house. Looks like you got a new picture there. Uh, morning guys. Good to see you. Mac 85. Hope you're doing well. Um, just about what you're talking about there. Uh, Scott, going to have to put you over the coals. Uh, Pitts as an all pro versus Sertan as an all pro, which would you prefer? What's Sertan. more valuable? Sertan. Sertan. You go, you, you go look and find who's your all pro tight end. And they're different. The difference typically there's not as steep a drop off. You know, it's like, okay, well, this guy had these numbers, this guy had these numbers, and you can look at their production, and it's, it's fairly flat, especially depending on what your wide receiver team is like. Um, if you've got good wide receivers, there's only one ball, but a guy on defense can change a game. One guy on defense can change a game, and an all-pro corner is going to be a lot more valuable. Let's, let's look at their paychecks. Let's go see what the NFL thinks. Um, it might be closer than you think, but my guess is average corner salary is – for a starting corner, it's considerably higher than the average starter for a tight end because they're, they're harder to find. They're yep. harder to, it's, it's not that hard to find a guy that's 6'3 to 6'5 that can catch a ball and rumble down and, and, and fall forward for an extra five yards. Uh, finding a guy who's six, six foot to 6'2 who can move like a ballet dancer and hit like a truck, they're hard to find. They're a lot harder to find. And you know, it's hard to find somebody that is as consistent day in and day out and supportive to any community, but especially ours as Gary leads Palmer coming in with the stars saying, thanks, Nick and Scott. No, Gary. Thank you. Um, you're, you're always so consistent and we really appreciate you coming in here. Also Broncos 17 and 0, uh, another consistent supporter with a $20 Superman really showing the love. We appreciate it so much. A beautiful sunset picture that you got going on there as well. And, uh, a lot of orange going on in that, uh, on my screen right now because of that. I love it. I need more orange in my life. So y'all, y'all probably had this too, but you know, I went to Auburn. Colors were orange and blue. You know, one mm-hmm. of the bumper stickers is like, "You can tell God's an Auburn fan because the sky is orange and the wait, other way around. The sun is orange and the sky is blue." Sunsets Did that go around orange. Broncos country too? Yep. I figured it had to. Okay. I think uh, on a day like that, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful picture. Yeah, we've had some beautiful sunsets here, but it's been kind of a uh, ominous because it's because of the smoke, right? Like it's just this. this so much haze and smoke in the air. So uh, unfortunate on that regard, but uh, you know, control what you can control, what you can control. 
Uh, so, uh, Tommy coming in guys, if I could show you my kitchen right now, total remodel, Tommy, <laughs> God bless you. Good luck. Um, hopefully that was uh, your choice and not your arm being twisted there. Um, so, <laughs> uh, let's keep going here. I want to talk about the, while the rookies are fun, I don't expect that much from the rookies day one, year one, um, other than Sertan and Javante Williams. Okay. We'll see about the rest. Um, so that's great to hear their stock is up. And it's also, I, honestly, I think it's even better that Javante Williams is being, the running back two for Melvin Gordon early on, just because of the longevity of the position and how many years do you have him? Um, but the ones that really interest me are the veterans on here that are fighting for battles and how their roster positions shake out. And Eric also did an article over on uh, mile high huddle. You guys can go check it out for five up and five down in the stock stock up. Number one, Trinity Benson wide receiver, somebody who I don't think we've talked, spoke about on here once yet. Um, but uh, Benson's been catching touchdown after touchdown. It will be interesting to see what he does or uh, if he makes a team and he says starting up, up right away was Benson who has made a big splash, made big splash plays every day of practice so far. He has been hard for majority of the cornerbacks to hang with. Benson has really good speed and it seems that his route running has also taken a large jump. There was all, there was always a chance for Benson to make the roster, but it was as a special teams player that may no longer be the case with how well he's playing. And the next player he speaks about whose stock is unfortunately plummeting. Well, and you talk about Trinity Benson, uh, just looking at his bio, East Central Oklahoma. I've been around this game a long time. I don't know that I've ever heard of East Central Oklahoma, except when I'm like making fun of somebody going to some East Central Texas State Oklahoma West, you know, making a joke like that. So um, we talk about raw ability, um, coaching, that type of stuff. Now, I'm not saying that they couldn't have phenomenal coaching in East Central Oklahoma, but it might take a little bit longer to adjust to the speed of the game coming out of a place like, well, East Central Oklahoma. <laughs> mm-hmm. So a second-year yeah. receiver, we talk about guys that are making the jump. Jerry, Judy uh, have to make the jump in their second year. Well, what do you think the jump has been like to this for this guy? Um, I'd be interested to see where Trinity is making those moves. You know, is he doing one, twos, and threes? Is he getting some work against any second-teamers, or is he doing it mostly against threes? But the whole point is, and this is what we said about Seth Williams, we said about anybody, when you get your shot, you got to take it. And then you got to move your way up the ladder. And it sounds like he's doing a really good job of that. Yep. No, absolutely. Uh, he's getting a chance and uh, he's shining. Um, unfortunately, somebody that I think you and I both liked uh, coming into this year because of the talent has been struggling. And that is seventh round pick from 2020, Tyree Cleveland. Uh, and Eric writes, while Benson is making big plays for the offense, Cleveland is limiting them. He's had a big drop or a drop on a big play each day so far in camp. And that is killer with how many receivers the Broncos have pushing for a roster spot. The good thing for Cleveland is that it's still really early. So he has a chance to cut back, but he has to cut down on those drops. So uh, not good. I know that there's been multiple. I know that he's dropped multiple big passes uh, from Teddy Bridgewater so far. Um, but uh, Tyree Cleveland. What was he's, that? He's biased. We know. We know that that, that Tyree is a uh, is a a Drew Lock fan. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. When you're Same. out there fighting for a spot, you want to catch anything that's near you. Um, it can. The thing about the, the drop passes and stuff is, in a short sample size, which we're at right now through four days of practice, it can turn around in a day. It can absolutely turn around in a day. So, uh, and, and and to his credit, Eric says something about that. The good thing for Cleveland is it's still really early in camp. Yeah, it is. So um, he's got time to turn it around, but uh, the early returns have not been not been great for him so far. Yeah, unfortunately, someone's got to go. You know, we like yes. a lot of these receivers, but half of them aren't going to be there come September fifteenth. You know, and it, it's going to happen. Who's who's going to be the odd man out? There's a lot of talented guys on this team. 
Yes, there are. The wide receiver room and the cornerback room, probably two of the most talented. I don't know if those are the positions where you want the most talent on your team if you had to pick, but uh, that's where the Broncos stack up right now. And just a few years ago, they were terrible there. So uh, mm-hmm. crazy how fast things can turn in the NFL. Um, then just shows goes to show how much roster turnover there is. Uh, stock up, and this is one that I'm sure Broncos country is very excited about. Justin Strenod. Um, Eric writes, before he got hurt last year and missed the season, Strenod was consistently getting praise during training camp, and that is the case again this year. On day one, it was mentioned multiple times how he was flying all over the field and making what would be big plays for the defense in a game setting. Josie Jewell was dealing with a tight groin and held down on Saturday's practice, and that saw Strenod work with the first team, and he stood out. <clears throat> so, Justin Strenod, another one, guys, are talking about using a first-round investment. Sure, first-round linebacker, there's always a time and place where it could be worth it. I don't think you need to use that type of investment to find a good linebacker in today's NFL, especially with Vic Fangio with how little he asks of his linebackers schematically. And uh, Strenad looks like he's playing himself not only into potential playing time this year. I don't think he's going to push for a starting job this year, but he's going to make it so that the Broncos have an easier decision uh, moving on from either uh, Alexander Johnson or, or Josie Jewell in the offseason. It's it's hard it's hard for me to say too much about him because we haven't seen him you know so I'm looking mm-hmm. up his, his just raw numbers and stuff but you know 240 pounds six three two forty that's yeah. nice you know in a three four you need a big body out there yep. uh, four four nine shuttle coming out of wake um, you know and if you've got that kind of ability um, physical ability coming out of wake forest typically you're going to be smart <laughs> yep. so you know coming out of ACC and and having a year away from the game can make you want it that much more it can make you that much hungrier and come back when you know what you've missed we talked about that with uh with Sutton before you know sitting out just makes you work that much harder and you can actually come back better because you had a glimpse of what life without football is going to be like and you don't like it you don't like it at all so uh you know some of these things you can kind of take for granted until it's taken away from you and it makes them come back stronger Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I got a frog in my throat. Uh, Ken Booker in the house saying, good morning, guys. What are your thoughts on Warren Jackson? Uh, wide receiver from Colorado state undrafted free agent. His combine numbers are some of the worst yet. He had 77 catches, 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns. Um, I'm going to throw out a name for you. Who's I think Warren Jackson is a less talented version of this a person, but uh, Auden Tate, uh, Florida state six, five couldn't separate worth a lick found a niche at, uh, Cincinnati, uh, but Cincinnati still went on and used the, what was the fifth overall pick on a wide receiver this year? Uh, 33rd overall pick two years ago. Um, not enough. Auden Tate was not enough. Warren Jackson, while he's big, can't separate. Also, I think there is some concerns there with the character. I think that led him to Colorado State, if I'm not mistaken. So um, in today's NFL, the biggest thing is, can you separate? Can you create separation? I'm Catching, well, everybody can catch somewhat, but can you separate? <laughs> Warren Jackson can't. I got news for you. I mean, combine numbers, some of the worst. Um, he's 6'6", 220. Yeah, he's mostly a tight end almost. You know, let's 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 drop his combine numbers in with the tight ends and some of the linebackers and see how they do because a four five shuttle isn't bad. A hundred, you know, a ten three broad jump is really good, uh, especially at that size. And he's got a thirty four inch vertical. So when you want to create separation, you know where his separation is going to come. Up Just there, <laughs> above you the know, rim, his, his separation is going to be coming from from up high. So, um, but those kind of numbers out of Colorado State at six six two hundred and twenty pounds, I'm more concerned about his hands and body control, not necessarily you know blazing speed. You know, th- there there are guys that are six six two twenty that can run in the four fours. They go top five 
You know, that, that's, yeah. a, that's a different level. Can you get a guy that can do a job? I'd be real intrigued. Y'all know my bias about big receivers. I would certainly take an interest in, in what he can do when the ball's thrown his way. Because, his again, his separation is going to be vertical. Yep, that's a good point. It's um, a good point. I haven't heard much about him so far in camp. Um, one big receiver we have been hearing about is uh, Cortland Sutton. And Tommy comes in with a comment uh, here. Tommy Simmers over on YouTube. He says he keeps seeing reports that Sutton isn't yet 100%. Should he be faded in fantasy further than his current uh, average draft position of 7.09? I think the answer is yes. I think Sutton is somebody who, A, I really try hard not to draft Broncos in general because I'm afraid I'm going to be biased and overvalue them. Um, so I don't take them also then it's a double whammy if, if, you're a, if you're a curse like i am you work that to your advantage and you draft mm-hmm. rivals okay well there you so go you so try, it's it's kind of it's kind of like hedging you say all right it, it, either i'm gonna win or they're gonna lose i'm okay with that <laughs> i only have one rule in fantasy football and that's i don't have the uh i don't want to use too many bad words but i ne- i'll never have tyree cleveland on, or uh, t- excuse me uh tyree kill on my team I refuse. I, he could be there in front of me. The last pick of the draft, I'm not taking him. Um, refuse. Uh, but uh, yeah, I would fade on uh, Sutton a bit. I think he's going to be great this year, but I think he's going to be better later. So Sutton, I'm not saying that he's going to be bad this year by any means. 709 maybe a little bit high. And he's somebody who like by week like six, seven, eight, when he's like, oh man, what's going on with Sutton? Judy's getting most of the targets, blah, blah, blah. By low. That's when I'm like, okay. Maybe I can get a good return on this right now while Sutton's uh, stock watch, is low. Watch the waiver wire. Someone That's might it. give up on him early. You know what they're That'd saying? They, they might, they might, they might give up on him early. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'd honestly draft Jerry but, Judy over something. But that typically, really for a skill guy, a, a, a true ACL recovery is eighteen months. Yep. I mean, for to be back to one hundred percent is eighteen months. Now, the bigger you are, the less you are reliant on quick twitch. Uh, which helps Sutton as opposed to a, a smaller guy like Hamler, who we'll talk about next. Um, but still, 18 months for a full recovery on an ACL is is pretty standard still. Yep. And we got some news coming in here. Um, Todd Davis retires officially. Um, signed with the Giants. Now he's officially retired. So injuries. I know he had a little, little bit of injuries later on. Bronco there at the linebacker position for a few years. And uh, now on from football. So shout out to Todd Davis. Uh, pretty good there in the Broncos middle for a little bit. Didn't pay him very much either, which is good for the linebacker position. He still, you know, he still made money. Um, but uh, sorry to see you go, Todd. Um, good luck to you, whatever's next. Um, so moving on here still, we talked about Justin Strenad's stock up. What uh, What are your thoughts, I guess, about, you said you hadn't seen him very much, but just how yeah, it plays I out. I don't, I don't have many. Just the fact that, you know, a, a kid from Wake at 204, 6'3", 240, um, I'd be, I, I'd be interested in seeing, obviously. So mm-hmm. a big body, smart kid, um, yep. and and again should be hungry coming off of an injury where he had football taken away from him for a year. And he's a little older. I think he's twenty, almost twenty five. Mm-hmm. So mature. You know, he should have some of that kid stuff out of the way, um, and and be ready to to attack this. So, um, is he? Does he? Is he, he's inside and outside, or is he strictly inside? Um, you know, we we talked about the inside linebacker position being a place where we could see some improvement, where we could see some guys step in because they're fairly blue collar in there. So adding some more competition in there, adding another big body who can run. It's a good thing. Yep. That's a hundred percent agree. He actually uh, tested like a lesser athlete than uh, Josie Jewell even did, which you know people don't think about that. Oh, we got a cover linebacker, but for that linebacker position, 
I'm fully the belief. Like it's obviously great to be huge, to be a superstar athlete, but the processing speed, the instincts give me that 20 out of 10 times for the linebacker position. Cause I've seen plenty of guys who are amazing athletes don't do anything at the linebacker position because they just do not see the game. They can't process it. Yeah. Who's a, there was a safety that was at USC that I've already forgotten him. Uh, that's how forgettable he was. Taylor Mays. Taylor Mays. When I first moved out to California, <laughs> I'm, I'm from the South. Eric Berry was in my backyard. He came to one of my first combines that I ever went. So I'm a big Eric Berry fan. And Eric Berry was phenomenal. I move out West and USC fans. I've never seen anything quite as overhyped as USC football players uh, by the local media fans. And they're talking about Taylor Mays being better than Eric Berry. I'm like, you're, you're out of your mind. Um, Taylor Mays was in that boss Bailey mode where one of the best athletes you'll ever find. Um, but I kind of joked about the, the anticipation thing. This is like, I, I do a skit of Taylor Mays, you know, in at, at safety kind of at the snap, but this is Taylor Mays. Yep. Yep. And then boom. And then he's four, three, 220 pounds of rage and fury. And he looks good, but he didn't make any plays. No, nope. like, when I was doing NFL Network, I was talking about him, and I was like, this kid's not a football player. I, I would turn him into a third-down specialist, and you got one job. Go get the quarterback. That's it. Yep. You make a, a lot of money like that. So anticipation, one step of anticipation is worth one-tenth of a second on a 40. Easy. So uh, it's a big deal. Yep, absolutely. Um, so that's a uh, be interesting for Stranod to see if he can take a spot there. Um, stock down KJ Hamler as a returner. Um, and Eric wanted to be clear on this Hamler stock being down is only as a returner, as a wide receiver, his stock is exponentially up. He's made big plays and been hard to hang with. Um, as a returner though, Hamler struggling to field punts cleanly. Denver has been clear. It wants improvements from the return games, but to get that, you need to put the ball uh, on the field cleanly. Hamler's electric with the ball in his hands and punt returns would be a natural way to get the ball in his hands, but, uh, he's not fielding punts very well right now. So, uh, Trinity Benson stock up in the punt return department as well. Unfortunate for KJ Hamler stock down because like Eric said, he's electric. You want to get him the ball. Um, let's keep it rolling here. Cause we well, already quick on this. I had a very quick it. comment on Hamler, a guy with dodgy hamstrings. I don't return in punts. I don't want hmm. him on special teams at all, period. So he might be just spiking those things down. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to return punts. I don't, if your biggest worry about KJ Hamler is keeping him healthy. I don't want him returning punts for God's sake. No, that's a, that's a, uh, that's a good point. Um, I mostly think about it as a roster spot thing, but if you're trying to keep that guy healthy, the hamstrings, maybe returning punts isn't the best. So good comment there. Um, stock up. This is one that I thought would be very possible. Uh, called for patience there because just the natural trend of the position, Lloyd Cushenberry. Um, and Eric wrote after what was a really terrible rookie year, Cushenberry is getting a lot of positive comments early on. It's unpadded uh, offensive lineman. Will really, we're going to find out about Cushenberry this week. Um, but so far, he's checking all the boxes. Cushenberry is moving quicker, reacting faster, and seems to have a much better understanding of blocking assignments. Additionally, he seems to be more comfortable calling stuff out of pre-snap, which was hit or miss last year, and that one of the reasons the Broncos struggled up front uh, with the quarterback in the offensive line. So great to see Cushenberry uh, improving there. It should have been expected year one to year two. I've made the comment many times on here that the Broncos' last two starting centers didn't even make the active roster the rookie year. They're both practice squad guys and Matt Paradis and Connor McGovern. Um, so now to see Lloyd Cushenberry getting that year two bump, it's great. And also it means there's less pressure on Quinn Miners to perform early on. So that would be great. Yeah. Um, we, we hit on this a little bit earlier when we were talking about the rookies and we'll just roll into minors on this also. Um, right now it's about knowing your assignment, which is all, all fun and games. 
Um, you can see a little bit about, you know, how are the people's feet moving, how are the players moving, you know, their, their, their fluidity, their athleticism, that type of stuff. That's all you're really going to know. So who's ahead in play recognition and calling that stuff out. And as a center calling out uh, protections, the second year guy should be ahead of the rookie uh, for sure. Um, but one of the interesting ones for sure, as we'll move to the next next one that stuck up, is uh, is McTelvin Ajim. Uh, and we, we've said this before, that the, the lines of scrimmage are grown man positions. Those guys play for years and years and years because the quick twitch quickness goes away a lot faster than strength. Uh, I'm as strong now as when I was and I was 18 years old. I couldn't catch that kid for with, you know, on a bicycle. But at 50, I'm as strong as I was then. It doesn't go away. So when you're coming into the league as a rookie and you're going against 28 year old men who can bench press a piano and squat a house, it's a it's a tough transition to make. Everybody in there is is a, a grown man. So and and frankly, you know, learning how to be a pro in there is important too. So him making mm -hmm. that big jump as a third round draft pick from year one to year two isn't un unexpected. Uh, maybe how much he struggled could have been a little unexpected as a first year guy. But if he's doing the right things, he should be making this jump. And I'm glad that because what it says to me is he's doing the right things now. Yep, absolutely. So that's great to see. Um, Eric said stock down for Quinn Miners. Um, it's just because he's having a hard time with some of the mental stuff, with stuff that we said we were guarding against this whole time. So not we already talked about Miners. Um, stock up. Here's one. McTelvin Ajim. That's who I was uh, talking about. Did you get glitch? Yes. Did you glitch? That's who I was talking about for the last like 90 seconds. Okay, goddamn. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's frozen <laughs> out. I'm going to sit here. And, and he's back. McTelvin Ajim. Um, people are asking also, um, is Ajim going to chance to start by the end of the season? I'm going to go with no. Um, Shelby Harris and Dr Draymond Jones should be starting still. But uh, it'll be great to see Ajim on there this year. You, and you've uh, got to have you've got to have multiple defensive linemen. Yes, have to. I mean, you need to go if there's if there's you know if you're playing a three four, you need to have at minimum six minimum six defensive linemen that are rotating in and out of there. So whether he's a starter or not isn't necessarily as important to me as if he's contributing when he's out there. Yep. I totally agree with you there. Um, it's also people always, I, I'm going to harp on this so many times, but these draft picks, their investments, it's a year. It's not what just what's this year. It's year three, year four. You still have three years left of control with the regime. You only have two years left of Draymond Jones. You just paid Shelby Harris, but essentially it was a two year deal. You need to have contingency plans in place where these guys that you drafted that you develop maybe can be cheaper, maybe not as good, but if they can provide, 80% of the product for 50% of the cost, that's a win. That's that's how you keep these rosters young. That's how you can turn over talent and uh, continue to pay the stars that you have to pay to retain them. So uh, that's that's a that's a way to go. Um, stock up and stock down. I'll just read some more here. Um, we have stock down for Cortland Sutton because of the knee. Um, he'll get out there, guys. Just going to be a little bit patient. Um, and, stock and up. For, again, for some of the stock up and stop down, it's stock down. It's what are your expectations? So for you to be up or down, you have to have a starting point. So if I've got an expectation that Sutton should be where he was 15 months ago, then I'm probably going to say down. But compared to you know where he was six months ago, stock's way up. <laughs> he's out there working. So he's got some work to do for sure. But the expectation shouldn't be through the roof in August for, for Cortland Sutton. Nope. I 100% uh, agree with you. It might take half the year. 
It's going to be fine. Um, we also have a uh, stock up for Patrick Sustain. I already talked about that. One that caught my eye here that's a little bit unfortunate is uh, stock down on Mike Purcell, which the Broncos are going to need this year. Um, I know he's coming off the Liz Frank injury, but uh, let's see what Eric has to say. Uh, now, this isn't just because of the ankle sprain Purcell suffered during practices. In fact, he has almost nothing. To, it almost has nothing to do with that. It deals more so with the fact that this is a team that will likely be in nickel or dime packages 80 to 90% of the time, which means no nose tackle and could hurt Purcell. To get Sutton on the field, uh, or get to get Sertan on the field, it will mean that more often than not, Purcell is coming off. That leads to Purcell's stock being down. So this is more of a personnel reason for being down. And what are your thoughts there? Because you're still going to have um, some need for a. Uh, am I frozen out? Did I freeze out? No, you're you're glitching Uh-oh. a little bit. Um, my thoughts on this was Eric was was reaching for something Scott, to finish with. Are you there? <laughs> that Eric was uh, reaching the internet a little bit for something to finish with, so he threw Purcell out there. But but for what it, it means though is, it, you know, what you take out of this is that the, the base three four throw it out the window. You know, we're not we're not going to worry too much about what the what the base defense is mm-hmm. going to be. Um, if you want to see Sertan, someone if you want to see Sertan playing in that 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 joker position i think we call it a star or a jack or whatever mm-hmm. uh you know a freelance role playmaking role then someone's gonna have to suffer and it's gonna be the big heavy guy because you're facing passes two-thirds of the time instead of you know it used to be run run pass now it's pass 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 maybe a run yep yep absolutely nope you are 100 correct there um so guys i think that's gonna have to do it for us today um, we're at 56 minutes right now. It's going to take me that long. Also, my internet is all of a sudden starting to blip out a bit. So I'm not sure if it's StreamYard or people in the house getting waking up and getting on the internet. Who knows? Um, but uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us today. First, before we even move out of here, I want to say thank you to everybody who donated today. We got Anthony Bomber, Robert Reibel, Peter Middleton, uh, Stephen Baumgartner, uh, U.S. Dave, Broncos 17-0, and Gary Leeds Palmer. Um, if I missed any of you guys, please let us know. Um, thank you so much uh, for everybody who joined us. You guys can follow uh, myself and Scott on Twitter, myself at Nick Kendall MHH and Scott at Scout Kennedy. Um, also, guys, while you're over on Twitter, follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. Facebook folks, please go to facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle. Uh, join those communities. It, a lot of good football talk there to be had. Uh, good communities. You know, you guys know each other on here. Take it over there as well. Um, and let's continue the good times, good vibes, especially the padded practices coming on. If you guys are joining us on YouTube today, please subscribe, like, and share. Also to my YouTube folks, uh, make sure you go check out Scott's channel. He's going to do some uh, some Falcons talk here soon, but it's football time, right? It's fun to talk all these different teams. So uh, make sure you follow Scott's channel. I just posted it here. Um, click that. Uh, Scott, how are we doing on uh, subscribers? Where are I'm we only pushing? Steady about eight twenty five. So I, I need another another two hundred or so to to start monetizing that channel. And it, it's kind of a it's a it's a little bit of a catch twenty two. It's like I don't want to do more until it monetizes, but I got to do more to monetize. So you know. Exactly. One of those things. What I need is a partner. I I don't like a workout partner. You know, when you're when you're sitting there by yourself, like man, I don't feel like doing this. Um, But if you're if you've got a date with somebody, by God, I'm not going to let that person down. So um, we can talk some quarterbacks on Thursday. I promised Mm -hmm. you, Jay, I was going to watch some Spencer Rattler. I watched uh, the Cotton Bowl last night against Florida. Oh, mm-hmm. against Florida's JV team anyway. I think yeah, they had like 40 people show up to that to that game. So uh, like what I saw for sure. sure. And um, I watched a lot of the off the ball stuff to see how his coaches and teammates responded to him. 
So we can talk a little bit about that, um, you know, because we, we've talked about character might be a concern with Spencer Rattler, but uh, I like what I saw for sure. Absolutely. And see everybody coming in here. Um, US Day Lance, this one, since you had a super chat earlier or a uh, stars earlier, um, no tandem of thousand yard rushers. I'm going to go with no. I don't think there you're going to see that many, that many yards on the ground um, from this team this year. So I don't think the offensive line is dominating enough to get there. I think the offensive line will be fine, but I don't think they're just. No, like, I think that was a comment about pass, pass, pass. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, it was was in the timing when that came through. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to uh, to, to to have a couple of thousand yard rushers when you know you're passing once every five plays in the NFL these days. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So um, have a good one, guys. Uh, we will see you on Thursday, same time, same place. Uh, until then, go Broncos.